Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashid Vega. So here we are at El Mercado in Main Street in South Holyoke, and we are all together in the stage and place where La Gringa is going to be presented this weekend, also as part of the celebration of Taste of South Holyoke 2. I want to welcome the Urban Theater Company. Everybody's here. It is so good to, yeah. so good to have you here. Welcome to Holyoke. Welcome to the Puerto Rican cultural districts here in South Holyoke. And this is the Radio Plasma podcast. Hi. Eso es así. Bienvenidos todos. So if you would like to introduce yourself so we can know who is who. Uh, my name is Felipe Camacho and I play Victor in La Gringa in, in the play. I'm Miranda Gonzalez, and I'm the Artistic Director of Urban Theater Company and also the Director of La Gringa. Hi, Ivan Vega. I am Co-Founder and Executive Director of Urban Theater Company. Frankie Davila. I play Manolo. I'm Tony Bruno. I'm the Company Manager for Urban Theater Company. Hi, I'm Sara Carranza, and I'm the Stage Manager, and I'm also sick. <laughs> uh, I'm Andrew Perez, and I play Monchi. I'm Sofia, too, and I play Maria. Nidia Castillo, I'm playing Norma. And N.K. Gutierrez, and I play Iris. Okay, let's start not with what, what is La Gringa about. We will get a little bit later. I just want to describe what just happened a few minutes ago. You were doing your rehearsal because tonight you opened La Gringa here at Del Mercado, and you got the opportunity of do your rehearsal with an audience that I believe created a strong impact on your performance and your experience visiting Holyoke. And I'm talking about students from Morgan School and Kelly, also students from Lighthouse, which is an alternative school here on Ray Street. I'm talking about schools that are located just a few walking distance from where we are located here at El Mercado. Communities that you could see most of the kids present are from Puerto Rican families. Many of them, they haven't been yet to Puerto Rico. Some others, they were born and raised over there and for different reasons moved here to the, to the New England and the city of Holyoke area. How do you feel after this rehearsal and the way these kids receive your performance, whoever wants to start. Let me, uh, I just wanted to point out that I think it's important that they did see this now because they've been hearing a lot about Puerto Rico in the past couple of days, that, that what, what the struggles that Puerto Rico is going through right now with the two hurricanes hitting over there. So they've been hearing a lot of things that, you know, that they, you know, again, you mentioned that they haven't been there and they probably haven't, but they wish to go, but now they're hearing about all the the stress that's going on with families and things, but then to come here and see this, I think, you know, it's a good, you know, it's a good change of what they've been hearing, you know, the past couple of days, and just 
a more positive thing of what it is out there. And then, of course, you know, you get all the struggles that they have when they do uh, have something like a hurricane. But I think it was good for them to to see and witness this and to see also the rehearsal process. It was great for us because we ran it over there in Chicago for a while. And, uh, we, and we've been down for a little bit, but now we get to come back and to have an audience like that, you know, young kids, you know, reacting, reacting to a lot of the stuff they were saying, which is a good, you know, it was a good uh, rehearsal for us before opening night. As you mentioned, some of these kids may have not been in Puerto Rico before. They may be second, third generation. And I hope that whatever they saw here instill in them you know, the passion to go and visit the island. I know this is not the right time, but you know, in the future, I know exactly how it feels to be Puerto Rican in the island. Mm -hmm. And I think it also gave the opportunity for them to feel, feel empowered um, for all the young artists that were sitting in that audience. And you know, the most powerful thing about art is to be able to see yourself reflected in it. And it's no secret that we often don't see ourselves reflected in stories as brown people. So for them at this age to be able to see that and to actually see the process of it and see that there was all the, all the imperfection in it as well and the mistakes that were made and the things that had to be redone and actually understanding that you don't just get to a place, you rehearse to get better to be in the place that the product that they see, there's a lot of work that goes into it, not just from the stage, but the questions that they were asking about the production side and um, you know, for the people that are here, that have produced and directed this beautiful piece for us, for them to talk about all the jobs that take place because there's so much glorification in being on stage and in being in front of the camera, but none of that can be done without all the people that make it happen behind the scenes. Scenes and for those people, those young kids that don't think that they necessarily have a place on the stage, to know that if you really love art, there's so many different ways that you can express that, and you can be brown and do it, and you can see people that are doing it that look just like you, and there's nothing um, more powerful than that, especially at that age. I think that that was it was interesting for me, right? Because it's the first time that someone actually sat through a tech rehearsal and an audience at that. And it was, and they were young, and I was really worried that they were gonna, you know, chatter a lot, and but they really didn't. They were so engaged, and it was so funny. And like I was saying earlier, this little girl, and not just a little girl, there were so many folks. Like when I would walk around to look to see at the spacing or whatnot, you know, they would make comments like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, she's oh look at her, she's confused." Oh yeah, was she gonna do that? Oh, she stop it, you know. And then Sarah would say something like, you know, oh the line is actually she's like, ooh, they said the wrong line. <laughs> so, it was, so it was, it was so adorable to see that the interest that they had, and to also really realize that in itself, doing a tech rehearsal. And, and I, I felt like I was performing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why, why am I, okay. I'm like, all right, I didn't know I was acting today. And not that I was acting, but I was just being myself and just, I was focused on you guys. And me being focused on you guys and eliminating the fact that they were there made it even all the better because then they were totally, I mean, they were into it. They were with you, yeah. they were with you the whole time and they were like, oh yeah. And you know, I was like, hey, Sophia, watch out with your spacing. And some kid over here is like, oh yeah, she was close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I know, you know, for the kids it's wonderful, but for us too, I think there's something wonderful about performing for young people. They are the truest critics, um, they have the greatest imaginations, and I feel like right now and where we are in our society and our culture, in just the world in general, there's so much oppression of creativity and there's a strict 
uh, the strictness that we have to have the structure and we have to be perfect and this idea and this idea of just like the constant perfection and to so performing for kids they're the like the most honest critics and it gives them so them seeing the opportunity of a tech rehearsal allows them to let go of the idea of perfection and allows them to enjoy the idea of I can be myself mm-hmm. of I can live I can breathe and then they see people like us that we are professionals they're people you know I don't know how often these kids get to meet actors but people who have you know are doing something that they love they get to see us mess up and that you know again inspiring to think oh wait I can do something and I won't be judged for being imperfect it's mm-hmm. about the growth it's about the process it's about getting somewhere and moving forward and you know I don't know about for you guys but for me performing for kids is one of the most inspiring things we could ever do in this in this field in this mm-hmm. craft um, it's it's what brings back passion and it it was just so wonderful yeah, I mean I, yeah. I, to let them sometimes I was I was watching them and they see us turn it on and off you know what I mean yeah we're on and then we're oh that, then we get a note oh you didn't stand there you missed it ah, so you know you're off but then we turn it right back on again so to them I mean, when I was when I saw theater when I was young and I would see that, I was like, wow, how you could turn it on like a switch, you know? So I'm sure that the, the fact that they were able to follow this story with yeah. all the stops, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, they were really embedded into the situation, yeah, and for it to be the second act and for them to be able to really follow it and still oh, be yeah. that engaged yeah. was and really they cool. Picked it up. Yeah. They, yeah, were, they picked they it up, yeah, they picked it up right away. But look at the hindsight. One, what did one of them say? Did Manolo die in the end? Yeah. <laughs> I believe the the audience who will enjoy your performances during this weekend are are going to miss this valuable experience that these kids just had, because mm-hmm. it was it was not only to enjoy the piece, your performance, and your example, but they had pretty much a masterclass yeah. of teamwork, yeah, yeah. of. Assemble, learning, practicing, and achieving perfection through messing up and knowing how to take criticism. And also feeling comfortable asking you questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I believe this has been a valuable lesson for our youth that I guess planted the seed for them to continue and or to pursue a career in performing arts as part of the project and reason for you to be here today in Holyoke. So this is really meaningful and important and I feel so inspired of seeing their faces smiling and being so impressed and, and, and admiring the work you do. How do you feel knowing this? I get emotional about it to be quite honest. Right. I really yeah. do. I really it really affects me, you know, in a way that makes me emotional about it. It's a lot of hard work. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that was going to come out. But it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of hard work. And I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is. And that that is life. Yeah. You cannot give up. You have to keep going. You have to keep trying. Yes. You have to take the criticism. You have to, you have to move on and through mm-hmm. and push and it will happen. Yeah. You know, that's, not everything that's, is That's cool. important because, I mean, here we are giving our... our you know, our so-called our pearls of wisdom to them, but also we leave. So somebody's got to pick that up, you know. 
Palante's got to be there. You know, they might come back say, hey, when are they coming back again or something? But they need to be there for them in, in between, you know, yeah. but, uh, for the next show. So that way they don't lose that, what they got today, you know, to keep it you know, going. Because some of them may, you know, inquire about what classes or something, you know, and they need to be there, ready for that. Mm, for that's good. I, I think I've been involved in, in youth education for a, a while and this kind of stuff is so it never fails to amaze me to see just the immediate engagement um, it, it, starting from when we were just kind of introducing what was about to happen and and have them open up in a way that allows them to be vulnerable right they didn't know the first half of the play and were able to immediately fall into the second half mm-hmm. um, but but what happens after, as they were leaving, as they were asking me questions, if they could do this, or, or you know, a eighth grader thanking me for what they got from this, is just, you know, like, allowing the kids to do things like this, allowing youth to experience these kind of things is so important. Because as, an, as a society, a lot of times we deem the youth not ready to do something or ready yeah. to see something yeah. or ready to experience it and you know when they do it's transformative it's something that changes like this quite possibly could change their lives mm-hmm. and whatever it may they may not be performing artists or whatever it is but the fact that they were able to experience that failure uh and and getting up and adjusting and you know finding that collaboration between everybody and seeing the way that people can write. One of them uh, asked about if, how was it arguing with each other? Mm-hmm. And are you actually, you know, friends? Or yeah, yeah, do you have attitude? Are you friends? And, and like seeing that and being like, oh yeah, like I, but you're yelling at each other. How are you able to sit next to each other? And it's like, oh no, this is what happens. And mm-hmm. having that access, having that just pure, like, Unaltered, nobody changed anything they were doing because they were youth here. They were allowed to see it and they were allowed to be part of that. And that's so important. Yeah. And it's so amazing every time it happens and every time you see those faces and get that, that reaction. It's, it's like just pure and it's awesome and it's wonderful. One of my favorite parts is really uh, watching people, watching the audience, even when I'm at a show because, you know, theater is just such, such a give and take. But when I was younger, I didn't have the opportunity to see actors of color that I can relate to or the stories that I could really identify with. So this is just a play that continuously gives, you know, it's such a gift, not only to us, to myself, every time I see it, every time we're around, but I think it's a gift to the audience members who see it as well, because I see that twinkle in their eye, you know, and it's really beautiful to see. Um, so yeah, you know, I think, I think I'm, we're blessed to be here. Um, with 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 Mifa because of Nelson and I think it's a good start even for Palante Theater Company to keep this going and to see what kind of relationship we can we can really strengthen and how we, how we can work together and what you know what can we do that we're doing here back home because it's the same thing you know there's a lot of youth out there that haven't experienced the power of theater but when they do they're in so it's beautiful so now talking a little bit about La Gringa, without giving away the story, because then people will have to come here at the Mercado and see it and experience it by themselves. But 
for you as the performers of this powerful piece, how do you feel identified with your characters? How can you, how can you describe yourselves as part of the story? Well, my, my story, so I am a half American, half Colombiana. Um, and for those of you who can't see me, obviously, I look more st what people would call stereotypically white. Um, as a kid growing up, I would go spend every summer with my grandparents in Colombia, in Bogota, and uh, you know, hang out with all the family there. And as a kid growing up, I always knew that I had these two kind of these two sides. You know, I would go out in public and I'd speak to my family only in Spanish. We only spoke Spanish growing up, and then I go to school and we'd only speak English. And then some people knew I spoke Spanish, some people didn't. And this idea of this duality in my life and how society likes to compartmentalize my duality in a way that makes them comfortable. Yeah. I have friends and people around me who say, oh, you're this, you're this, you're this. Oh, you can only be this. You cannot be both. It is not possible for you to be two things at one time. But at the end of the day, I am me, similar to Maria in La Gringa. She is herself. She is this complex, beautiful, young woman exploring the world. It's just in a place where I am as well, and I'm discovering myself. And that's, you know, so jumping into Maria, it's, you know, it's always an adjustment of facing, facing these things that I face every day, whether consciously, subconsciously, whether I even want to address, you know. Um, so really, Maria and Sofia, we're, we're, we're pretty similar, I would say. Pretty, pretty similar in our experiences. And I play Edis, and I am the antagonist of Maria. And the funny part is that I'm, my life is very much like Maria's in the story as well, where I'm half Mexican and half black. But for, and my Mexican family raised me, and so I always I culturally identified as Mexican. But obviously, y'all can't see me either. But in <laughs> I would stereotypically look to some people more black than I do Mexican. And um, I also was categorized, and the person that I play, Edie's, in this particular play um, are the people that always antagonize me. It's that person. So having to step into the character and really start to believe what these people said to me growing up has been the most empowering thing for me because what I realized throughout the run last year and up until the beginning of this year was that they were just words, and that was just something that she that this particular character and these other people out in the world believed that this character Maria is American not that she not just like no you're just American and not realizing that that was like a knife in the heart of Maria but that was just their belief and when you get to the idea that like oh you did that's just really your narrow-minded thinking that's what you believe to be true and you're saying that not necessarily to be nasty, but because you believe it to be true. So when you look at it for what it is, what you realize is an adult, when you're still replaying the same story that happened to you when you were seven, 10, and 12 years old, at 25 and 35, you're like, why am I still holding on to some words of what someone believed that was just narrow-minded in their own space and time, right? And when you realize that, it just allows you to be like, oh, okay. This was just some BS, basically, that, <laughs> that somebody said. And I don't have to believe that I can be whomever I choose to be. I identify how I identify. And it doesn't need to make you comfortable, because it's not about you. It's about me and how I see myself. And I don't have to over-explain myself or over-roll my R's or shake my hips so that you know I'm Latina. I can just be myself and hold space, and that's enough. 
So for me, stepping into Edie's, it was really about having understanding of that, uh, you know, of those belief, those narrow-minded beliefs, which also allowed me to have grace for people who have those narrow-minded beliefs. Yeah. <clears throat> Myself, uh, I, I like, Man I love playing uh, Manolo in that I see my uncles in, in him, because you know, hanging out in the garage, fixing a car, playing dominoes. They would always throw these one-liners at each other, zingers at each other, you know. And the, the trick was, if you got insulted, then now they really got on you, you know. <laughs> that was the thing. You try to not, uh, you try to up, they would try to up each other. Ah, mira, que te pasa, mira, why? You know, it's, it's the, the lines that we throw in there, you know, are, those are just ad-libs that, that the writer has asked us that she's going to keep in there, you know. And there's just things that, again, that I overheard in the garage, you know. Si alguien tiene una camisa linda, ay, mira que linda taca esa camisa. No, no bien para hombre. You know, and, 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 you know, and those little things. And then now he's, now he's, now he's a little, you know, okay, you got me in that one, but he's, you better watch out, because I'm going to get you on, on la otra. But you don't know when it's coming, you know. So that's what I, I just, I just love, I always reminisce of being back with my uncles in the garage, just in the alley. Probably how to say you know, and always, but somebody always had a car to fix it, so it was like always, you know, five or six guys around the same car, but throwing, you know, con la cerveza en la mano and, and you get, you get a wrench in the other, you know. And a lot has to do with the, the casting too, with the, the director and, and the production end of it, because uh, everything is in the script, everything is in the dialogue, and it's almost like for me personally, it's like you, uh, you're a sculpture and you're chipping away the stuff that you don't need and you keep the stuff that either she wants you to put in or you put, out, you put in with, from your personal experiences. Your own sazón. Your own sazón, exactamente. And, and, and basically, that's, that's what it is. You know, some, the way I see it is a, is a piece of sculpture as a character, and the stuff you don't need, just leave it aside. And being open, open to the rest of the cast members and, being, and bringing that positive attitude and, and allowing mistakes. It, you cannot learn without mistakes. You know, so that's that's the way it is for me. So Miranda, yeah. as a, as a summary of what it will be La Gringa, how could you describe this play? I think that Sofia hit it on the head. I think it deals with duality. It's um, under it's understanding that being ni de aquí ni de allá is fine. It's totally fine. You fit in where you fit in. You don't where you don't. Um, and that type of growth in that character. I think it's also a story about family. I think it's a story about how families sometimes work well together and sometimes they don't, how they overcome obstacles. Um, and I also think it's a story about love. One thing is for sure, the people in Holyoke are gonna know, understand, feel, enjoy, and really connect with your performance because they live this story every day. And I believe you, all of you being here is just a reminder of, like you said, it is okay, nothing happens. It is part of who we are and we have to embrace it and celebrate it and own it. Through all these experiences, especially for the kids that got the chance to see you today, to keep educating to keep educating our own community and the others so everyone can understand that our stories have a meaning and it's not just the way we look, it's yeah. who we are, what we have gone through, and how much all of this knowledge can be shared 
for everybody to be more un more understanding and more tolerant about about who we are. And and uh, we could we, we, we have we could contribute to to our you know to our community or what it is and whatever we we, we must contribute, you know. Well, thank you so much to all the Urban Theater Company cast and uh, team, the crew, for being here, for sharing your talent, for inspiring our youth and for giving us this time to have this conversation. I hope that you enjoy your stay here in Holyoke, that you also get the same uh, level of experience and, and memories to treasure that helps you to continue sharing your talents in different places and future projects. And we hope to get to see you soon, coming back with more work and more ways to keep this interaction. Well, thank you. Two, two, two and eight. eight and Sunday at 2 p.m. I understand that today it's sold out and Tonight is sold out and Saturday night is sold out, out but the matinees are still have uh, available. Visits. So come and join us at El Mercado. <laughs> so you can contact uh, Nueva Esperanza and Mifa and all this information is available on our website, radioplasma.com. And this is part of the culture and identity that makes Holyoke what it is, a multicultural city full of richness, stories, and beautiful things to share. Thank you, all of you, for being here today and sharing this time. Recollect. And this is the Radio Plasma Podcast from El Mercado in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.